I got friends only wanna talk business. I got expensive, cause when is expensive. I got expensive, cause when is expensive. I've been reading all the work. And welcome to Put That Coffee Down, the Freight Sells a Show for Closers here on Freight Waves TV. As always, it's Tuesday, 12 p.m. Eastern Time, and we have a fantastic show for you today. We have one of the, the OGs of you know personal branding and content strategy, uh, podcasting as well on the, the show. Here today is Joe Lynch, the founder of the Logistics of Logistics podcast, LinkedIn community, uh, content website builder, et cetera, et cetera. He, I think he's probably interviewed everybody there is uh, to, de- to know in the space. And we're going to talk a little bit about you know, using content marketing to, to drive inbound leads and how that really changes your organization, it changes your sales game, and also about personal branding as well. Uh, I hope everyone had a, a great Memorial Day weekend. Uh, we're back at it, you know, hitting the grindstone once again, heading into December. The freight markets aren't that hot, but that doesn't mean that that, that sales have to, to cool off or at least certainly activity. Though The more activity you do during these slow times uh, in the market, it's just laying the foundation for whenever that market turns, market heats up to take full advantage of it. I found a, um, over the weekend, I found an article in Fast Company, uh, one of those online media publications that, that really focuses on entrepreneurship and sales. And it is really about, this article is about five things to do to do whenever you're creating your personal brand to, to make sure it's not about ego, but about content and selecting your market. Joe and I will, will talk about uh, a few of these, um, but it starts off with number one is understanding your why and why you're doing this, You know what value you're bringing to the market. Number two is pick a topic that you can dominate. There's very little competition and that you know a lot about and you can generate really great content about. Number three is something that Joe does really well, and I think I do pretty well too, is bringing on experts to contribute. And if you have podcasts, something like that, finding those, those names come in to, to add value to your audience, um, you know, using their work, um, crediting them, and just really making a, a, your own community on top of a community. Uh, number four is create an intentional content strategy. Don't be all over the place. No, uh, you know, plan out enough to, to, to create intentionality in that. And number five is just be yourself. Be your fullest self. Uh, don't worry about what anyone else says. And um, show your personality because that's, you know, personality, story building. It all goes in uh, to the same process. And that is why people buy. That people buy based on the whys and the stories and not because of the facts and figures. Those are just compliments. Those are just uh, nuggets of the, the broader overall story. But with all that said, let's jump into it and uh, bring on Joe here. Welcome to the show. Hey, thank you so much, Kev. It's always a pleasure to talk to you, whether we're doing it on the podcast or doing it uh, by phone. I know, right? So we've known each other for a few years now, which is just strange to, to, to say, but it has been like five, six, seven years now. Yeah. Yeah. Kev, you were my, 
you were the second person to come on my podcast. My friend Steve Outwell is number one, which was a favor. It was very much a favor. I was like, Kev, come on, do this, please. <laughs> you're like, all right, I'm selling stuff. I, I'll go on. <laughs> I know, right? I think that, well, that, that was what the first podcast I ever did uh, that I ever, uh, you know, appeared on was, was your, your, your podcast. It was, it was a strange experience and, um, it gets these zero time. Yes. Yeah. That was, that was like 400 podcasts ago. So, uh, yeah, it was a long time ago. It was five years ago. So it was five years in, I think May. So we're in, we're in May yeah. now. So yeah. Yeah. So yeah, uh, yeah, you've been on a, by the way, I did another podcast with you that ended up, um, I wrote an article. I think it was the rich that the riches are in the oh, niches. Just, and, yeah. and then I wrote a little article about it. And that one, like, uh, the best article, uh, most read article on logistics or logistics brief. So, oh, wow. Anyway. Well, well, that. Well, it's a, it's a good that. lesson, right? Mm-hmm. That the richest are the niches. Yep. Yeah. So I, I was going to ask you that to, to, to begin with, too, is how many podcasts have you done so far today? I about, and I think around 400. Is that is that right? I think it's well over 350. I think it's somewhere near 400. I've never been one to count. And every once in a while, like yesterday was um, Memorial Day weekend, we just reposted something. Um, and so, but I try and do three a week, so it's 150 a year. So, uh, take out a few, a number of reposts there, so you end up with quite a bit of podcasts. Yeah. So, first three years, it was it kind week. of um, three a week, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. I release podcasts. Oh, I do. That is so, uh, that, that is a grueling schedule in of itself. You know, if you don't do podcasting, uh, it, it sounds a lot like a lot if you don't do podcasting, but if you get into the minutia of post-production and worrying about all the little details and then setting up everything. That's a lot of work. Um, yeah. Well, I don't ever edit anything. So uh, I have people who help me. So, uh, Kev, I think I feel like I have the best job in the world. I really do. And I'm not just yeah. saying that I get to talk to interesting people. Um, I get to talk to interesting people in this business every day. And I talk to founders. I talk to veterans, uh, veterans, you know, who've been around and done all the different things. I talked to startup people. It's, it's really, it's like full time talking to interesting people and learning stuff. So I can't complain one little bit. It, it is. Uh, this one thing that, uh, educationally for, for ourselves, it's, it's off the charts. You don't really think about it when you walk in and start doing these things. Uh, but the education that you get by talking to a diverse group of people, uh, as you said, you know, some founders, the salespeople, to uh, to to where, where whatever you may may have, um, you you learn something every single interview. Yep, absolutely do. And then on top of that, you get to know so many people. So you, you talk to yep. them for an hour, and then sometimes I, I'm sure this happened with you. You're prepping, and the prep takes an hour, and then all of a sudden you do the podcast, and then you're like, we're like old friends by the time we get done with the podcast. So. It's it's a great way to do biz. I love what I do. It is. It is. Uh, well, let's talk about the logistics of logistics, the LinkedIn uh, group you founded. Uh, when, when did you find found that? And you know, you have well over a hundred thousand yep. members now. Yeah, uh, it's like what? it's like two hundred seventy thousand yeah. people in that. Group. Oh wow! Yeah. Um, so, so when was that? I, like five years ago? Six years ago? Was it a little bit? No, before you started podcasting. I. Uh, I'm an, I, I grew up in automotive and I, I started working at 19. I worked, got until I'm 47, I think, in automotive. So almost 25 plus years, right? 
And in 2009, and when everything melted down, I was at a company that I hoped to buy someday. And uh, we didn't get paid by Chrysler, and Chrysler went bankrupt, the whole thing, right? And then I found myself out of, out of a job. But not only out of a job, but really not in a position to even get a job anytime soon. So I ended up in logistics. But I wasn't from logistics. I was from automotive. I kind of bumped up against it. And so um, I liked how wide open logistics was. I felt like it was behind technology-wise. It felt like uh, the wild, wild west compared to automotive. I got into it. I have an executive coach, Ann Holm. She mentioned, why don't you start blogging as a way to grow your sales? And I was like, I am never blogging. That is the dumbest idea. And she's <laughs> like, yeah, just call it. She goes, just call it the logistics of logistics and write about logistics. And what really made me write about it was I was unemployed or underemployed mostly for a few years, just not making the kind of money I was used to. So I started writing when I was the general manager, COO of a logistics company, 2009, 2010, I started writing the logistics of logistics as a blog. And really my goal from the beginning was I'm going to demystify this industry. And I saw a lot of shippers, myself as a previously as a shipper, listening to all the jargon. Every warehousing has its jargon. Uh, LTL has its jargon. Uh, Flatbed has its jargon. All these different segments of our business filled with jargon. And I said, I'm going to write articles and demystify this, simplify it. I always feel like if you can't explain what you do in real simple terms, you don't understand it very well. So that was my goal. And by the way, that's when I started realizing how much you learn when you start writing. I wrote probably 500 articles in my own name, met uh, marketers like Adam Robinson along the way because he was blogging at that time. And um, then uh, five years ago, I started the podcast and it was just kind of, hey, this is easier than writing. So I still did occasional articles, but for the most part, I'm just a, a podcaster now. That's another excellent lesson for, for sales as well is leaving the jargon out, right? So if, if you start a blog, you know, if you start a podcast, it doesn't matter if anyone listens to it or not, or anyone reads it, certainly at first, because no one probably is. Uh, it's really for your internal benefit. It is to be, be a better communicator. But one important thing about that is leaving the jargon below, behind and explaining it like you're explaining it to a fifth grader, right? You know, in, in journalism, you write on I don't know, a seventh, eighth grade level for a reason, right? It's to, to, to keep it simple, keep the message simple to where anyone can really um, digest it. And I think in, in sales, oftentimes we, we live it day in, day out, whatever industry we're in, we get consumed with the jargon. We get consumed with having a very uh, abstract view of, of what we're doing, which is good because we, we know a lot if we have a, 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 a 30,000 or an abstract view of it, a conceptual view of it. Right. But when you're selling to people, they don't have the same view of it. It's got to be dumbed down. Keep it simple, stupid is, is a great motto. But you really learn that it focuses whenever you write or you interview people for podcasts, but especially writing, specifically writing, it makes you relearn something at a ground level that then you can go out and communicate with and it'll drive better sales. Exactly. Exactly. And Kev, um, when I, I, I always use this example, I probably used it last time we talked, but I'll use it again. If you were thinking, Hey, I want to go out to 
Napa Valley and I want to go on a trip and um, next year, I don't even, I haven't booked my ticket yet, but I'm just trying to figure out where I should go. Where should I stay? What winery should I visit? You're going to be Googling just while watching TV, Googling. And what you're going to hopefully find is a blogger who blogs about great places to stay in Napa Valley, the best wineries, the out of the way places that you should visit, the best experiences, the most expensive ones are this one, whatever you're looking for. Um, that's a lot of times how we're buying. If you're sending your kid off to college, you start looking at uh, colleges online. What programs do they have? So we're always looking for that guide to help us make a purchasing decision that might be six months or a year away. And maybe your 3PL sucks right now and you're like, ah, oh, I got to get rid of these guys. Their contract comes up next February. What's out there? We haven't looked for one in a minute. And then... Uh, you start finding articles by Kevin Hill or Joe Lynch or whoever else. And you go, Ooh, I like this. I like the, and then you find a podcast they were on and go, yes, yes, this is the guy I like. And by the way, on a podcast, someone can get to know, like, trust, relate to you on some level. And then when they find out you're an expert in their problem, you're like halfway there. <laughs> oh yeah. You're not halfway there. I, I think you were like 95%. Yes, yeah. exactly. Yeah, right. When they call That's you and say, is the biggest hurdle. Yeah, when they call you and say, I heard you on Kevin Hill's podcast and you said blank, blank, blank. And by the way, they already know, like, and trust you or they wouldn't be calling. And by the way, I, you've experienced this. We've all experienced this. Have you ever been with somebody who's not particularly likable on a sales call and you think you killed it? And you're like, they have this problem and I know they have this problem and we can fix it. But my disagreeable buddy over here, they don't like him. He's awkward. He's weird, mm -hmm. whatever it is. And you don't get that business. It doesn't matter if you can solve that problem. If they don't like you, we, we, we overcomplicate this sometimes, yeah. but we make most of our decisions in emotional ways. Um, Kev, think about next time. I would say every, anyone listening, the millions and millions of people who are listening today, uh, next time you go to the grocery store, as you're putting something into your basket, say, why do I buy Tide? And you go, oh, I guess my mom bought it. Uh, why do I buy the generic beans? And you go, oh, beans are just beans. Okay, but I always buy Del Monte corn, right? You're walking around making these decisions that have almost no rationale, no logic mm -hmm. behind it. It's purely emotional. We do it all day, every day. And then at some point, we like to come back and say, we make logical buying decisions. We don't. We, we, we don't. It's, it's completely emotional, and we use logic and rationality to justify it. To <laughs> justify it after we've done it. But, but we have no control over it, really. I mean, it is completely emotional buying decisions, and um, it, it's just the way it is. And that, that's how, you know, 3PL, no matter what you buy, it, you might. And that's the reason why I, oftentimes you'll hear salespeople say this, you know, I mean, this is logically the best possible solution for them. How can they argue with the math? It just works out. They're not going to find a better deal, but they still say no. And I don't understand it because you're trying to use rationality to explain why they're not buying. It's just emotional. For some yeah. reason, there's some fear of the out there, some, some fear of risk that is just not letting that potential buyer move forward. Yeah. And by the way, we've all done this also is, well, it's, um, they're my kind of people. 
they're right think my used to, I had a boss used to say they're right thinking guys. Mm-hmm. Meaning they think like we do. So we can work with them. Um, another term we use is culture. I think there's a cultural alignment here. And we've also, you know, you you I think every 3PL you might be talking to would have technology and have the right people. But the one you pick, you probably like them more, right? And then you might be willing to say, yeah, we would work with you if you could do this, this, and this. And this, and we might have learned that from the guy who had it, but you didn't like them as much. So yeah, we we make a lot of illogical decisions. And you know, there has to be, it's not going to be completely illogical. It's not like you're just going to buy from someone because they like it and they don't have yeah. anything to back it up. But I, I experienced this. I remember selling with somebody. And, um, we could, they didn't have a transportation management system and we could nail it. We were a little 3PL and, um, guy was with that day. They didn't, they didn't, they didn't, they weren't on the same wavelength and it was noticeable. It was almost like, oh boy, this is like a square peg round hole, just not working. And I remember him saying, oh, I think we nailed it. And I was thinking, yeah, you know, I I thought to myself, but they don't like you. And, um, they found somebody else because we made them aware that there is, there are three PLs with really great TMSs out there and mm-hmm. we should go find one of them. It's not going to be those guys who don't like them. <laughs> yeah. But when I say, that. when I say they didn't like them, it probably is just as likely they didn't like me. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, uh, now if you're an organization, if you're a 3PL, let's just go with 3PL, and you start uh, a genuine content creation, kind of doing what we've been talking about, you know, whether it's writing blogs or writing content, writing recommendations out there, building credibility, right? Podcasting, it's all about building credibility right there. It really changes, you, know, you say culture, it really changes the, the culture of not only the organization on 3PL, but the, the sales culture as well. Whenever you can generate those inbound leads based on your expertise, you're right, building credibility, then, you know, 100% cold outreach. I mean, those are two different sales organizations, right? Oh, yeah. And Kev, I, when, even before I was doing the podcast, I would um, do webinars. I did a lot of webinars. And I remember talking to somebody about, can we move your freight? And they were like, um, and we're, we're working with these guys, blah, blah, blah. It was just kind of like not going to happen. And I remember I invited them to a webinar we were doing and it was on cross border, uh, shipping back and forth over the Mexican border. And they wrote back and said, yeah, yeah, that'd be great. And then they attended and now I'm engaging with them completely differently. They're like, oh, these guys are experts. They're experts in cross border. They do this every day. They're doing webinars on it. And I think that's the thing we can do now it, that when somebody says no or not yet, you, you can kind of still get them, uh, warm them up a little bit with content because not everybody's going to be ready to buy from a lot of times when you're selling the larger managed transportation or warehousing, they, they're still with their incumbent, uh, or their existing yep. 3PL and, but it gets them, uh, you're, you're on the radar now. You are right, and exactly. It's, it's these enterprise solutions. You, you're, we were talking about it just a, a few minutes ago. Is like, well, you know, I'm stuck with my 3PL, my current 3PL for the next six months or nine months or a year. But I'm going to start looking around a little bit. 
seeing what's out there. I do learn content on a consistent basis, keeps them engaged for that six to nine months uh, until they're ready to, to make uh, to the move to accept meetings and then move forward after that. You know, whatever that time frame is, it keeps them engaged. It keeps keeps you in front of them without, you know, uh, being a nuisance of calling, saying, are you ready to make a decision yet? Are you ready to make a decision yet? Because that's not a winning strategy either. Yeah, Kev, we are all, when we have a problem, whatever that problem might be, think of you as a consumer for a moment, all the problems you have, do you ever think to yourself, God, I need to find a sales guy. I need to find a sales guy, <laughs> build my deck. No, or you're like, I want, I want somebody who's really good at building decks in my area. And mm -hmm. we're never looking for the sales team. We're never looking for the marketing team. So, um, <laughs> so if somebody's writing about the right way and the wrong way to build decks and the biggest problem with, uh, why decks get olds too soon or the right way to stay in a deck, all the things that an expert might know. And you find that guy, you go, this is the guy I'm never looking. And, and by the way, the same day you are reaching out to that guy who wrote or a, an article or did a podcast or created a video about how to manage a deck, how to create a deck, how to keep it, keep it, uh, in good shape. Somebody could be calling you on your phone and you're not taking that call. That could be a guy selling decks and be like, I don't recognize that number. Why would I take a call? I, I think it's bias. We all, we, we don't, we're not looking for salespeople. We're looking for consultants. We're looking for experts. Right? We're looking for experts. We're looking for advice. We're looking for how to keep that deck, um, uh, you know, preserved, lasting a long time. That's sales. Explaining that, having that expertise, that's sales. Not, um, maybe the promotion of price and, and et cetera and, right. and kind of why you should go with us rather than uh, the, the next deck salesperson. Uh, we don't really want to hear that. We want to hear really good advice. Yeah, exactly. And I think the pre-internet, you could say anything. And the only, I remember when, I think this is going to sound, make me sound real old, but I don't care. I <laughs> remember you pre-internet when some sales team would call, you would say, yeah, come on in. And when they would come in, you would learn industry gossip, who's going out of business. You would learn all sorts of things that you would not know otherwise. I mean, even the industry magazines wouldn't have what was going on. Um, the internet changed all that. Now we're able to kind of go online, go to companies like Gartner or Forrester and say, who is the very best software for this? I can go uh, right now. People are always creating lists of podcasts. And Kev, you and I, luckily, were on those lists. So people go, oh, okay. I don't have to wonder what podcast to go listen to. I found Joe and Kev on the list. And you should always obey yeah. those lists, by the way. If you see my name on there and Kevin's name, that's a good list. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> well, Joe, it's, it's always a pleasure talking to you. Uh, we're running out of time here. So um, real quick, uh, what's uh, 2023 look like? Uh for you, just uh, more of the same content creation? Well, I do the podcast. I do have some sponsors. So I always have my sponsors on. And more and more, uh, I'm looking at podcasts now as the foundation where video clips are becoming an important part of that. And uh, Instagram, obviously, TikTok for some people. I'm uh, I'm not a big buyer of TikTok just because of uh, I, I do think there's problems with China right now. And I, don't, I think a lot of us are going to disengage from TikTok. So, um, but 
I think I think it's more of the same. I, my my goal is to help people tell their story. And I think this, what we're doing right now, is like the purest form of media and maybe the purest form of marketing because it, it's really tr- stayed pretty authentic. You're telling your story, hopefully engaging with people in a way that they go, yeah, I like this guy. I like this gal. And I, and I think they're experts in what I solve. I think yep. that's the one of the best ways to get out there and be found. And yeah. that's what we're all trying to do is get found. <laughs> I know, right? Get found. Definitely. Um, thanks again, Joe. You can find Joe on LinkedIn, the logistics of logistics, and then Joe Lynch. Uh, huge uh, LinkedIn following. Thanks again. Thank you so much, Kev. Always good to talk to you. Same here. Same here. And this is uh, Joe Lynch again, founder of the logistics of logistics. I have a few audio versions, uh, episodes coming out uh, this week and next week on Put That Coffee Down. Uh, but that wraps up for this episode. See you next week. I got friends, only want to talk business. I got expenses, because winning's expensive. I got expenses, because winning's expensive. I've been reading all the work. And I've been shutting down the stars.